a lot of that stuff. But I think the regular enemy encounters, you either have to really beef your sneak or, like, just get your companions to kill them. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, does that count? <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. I uh, haven't, I haven't f- been able to find, like, an Elder Scrolls-style, here's the number of things you killed in the game. Because I think Fallout had that. But mm. uh, that always felt like more of a Bethesda thing. Yeah, I find that kind of interesting. Things stolen, enemies killed, like, all those random stats. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it could work, but you'd have to really be sneaking. Because there's, mm. like... Uh, I mean, unless you don't count killing robots or something, you know, something arbitrary like that. Um, I don't know. This is like it would be fun to do because a lot of the quests you can talk your talk your way around. <laughs> or if like, oh, oh like you that. have a specific companion that like their expertise is this, so like you can kind of short circuit some of the stuff like that. You should be able to do that in Bloodborne. Just if you uh, babble incoherently enough, people will be like, <laughs> ah, yes, you are another scholar like myself. Like when Gascoigne says that uh, beasts all over the shop, you go, yeah, I've seen all the beasts out oh, here. Man. You, want, you want some help? You Sucks. want some help get, killing these beasts? Lousy with them. Now, if you just let me through, I'll kill some beasts on the other side here. <laughs> no, don't worry. I, I can handle it. Thank you, though. Very nice. <laughs> Why, yes, hello. Eyes on the inside. Very nice. I, I'm, I, I love it. Um, it's my favorite thing to be a scholar out here. Yeah, I, I sure am. Of course. Uh, my brain is also all fucked up. Welcome, listeners, to another Please Don't Listen to This, Your Soul Depends on It, Hell O Screen Monster Terror Soda Fright to the Shriekwell. That sounds everyone. Ah. <laughs> uh, today, it's just me and one other host. That's right, we're here to talk about Bloodborne, a game about people sitting in rooms quietly deciding to end the entire world by accident. Uh, <laughs> Hitzels to blood money. That's right. I am your host, Cos. <laughs> Nick. And with me is Cosm. Alex. Or some say. Or some say. Cosm. <laughs> this is an unprecedented duo here. That's right. Uh, we could not get the other two hosts to be fucked to care about this That's game. That's true. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, for, you know... Various reasons uh, they don't they don't like it when video games kill them. It's they they find it uh, they find it to be bad when they lose at the game. You know I understand <laughs> I get it. They don't like games that maybe look like a Spirit Halloween. You know what, whatever I sort for of for some like, reason for some reason <laughs> uh, they uh, think that H.P. Lovecraft is a weird racist and they don't want to play works based on his games. You know whatever whatever their reason is true I, I understand <laughs> it uh, but. Bloodborne, uh, when it came out in 2015, this was my... Well, I had two reasons for buying a PS4, Alex. Yes. I, and this was one of them. This was the thing that pushed me over the edge. I knew it was going to happen eventually when they said Street Fighter V was going to be on there. I'm yes. like, I gotta get me some Street Fighter. I'm gonna do that. And then, um, 
it's like, hey, they're doing a new uh, Miyazaki-directed uh, FromSoft game. Yeah. Uh, it's got a new concept. It's not a Dark Souls game. Mm-hmm. And its theming is uh, Spirit Halloween, Universal Monsters. Yeah. Like, weird, weird, Love like... It. Yeah. Weird oh, viscera. Cool. Oh, couldn't get enough of it. Love yeah. that stuff. And, like, you know, if you tell, start describing the monsters in the game, people are going to be like, fuck off. Like, what? Yeah. Like, crows that bark at you? Are you fucking full of shit? Like, that's yeah. who cares? Well, and to put this in a place and time, this was uh, after Dark Souls 2, but before Dark Souls 3. Right. So this was very much kind it's of a, an, an interesting departure. It was kind of before Souls got a little stale, I think. Yeah, I'd say so. Because maybe if, if Dark Souls 2 had been some, like, spectacular, yeah. like, earth-shattering sequel that, like, completely set the world on fire like Demons and Dark Souls did in different ways, Mm -hmm. um, then I don't think Bloodborne would have felt as fresh. But Bloodborne felt fresh because it was still very different from Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls while giving you that feeling. And they kind of... And a lot of the fandom kind of pushed the narrative that, oh, this was what Miyazaki was working on, yes. not Dark Souls not 2. Not necessarily true, but yeah. uh, I believed it at yeah. the time. A lot of people wanted to think, oh, this is the masterpiece we were waiting for. It was. But <laughs> yeah, it turns out it's a great game. <laughs> um, but, Alex, uh, this is something that you and I both have been... Uh, yes. We're, we're both... Like completely taken with this game. Yes. Uh, I know it's on my three to my three. I think you might be yeah. like the original Dark Souls better, but like uh, I go back and forth. They're same. Both very special. I feel the same way. <laughs> um, I feel like it's because in in Dark Souls there was more of the things that made me feel like a kid, like the like the kind of discovering secret in this discovering secrets yeah. way, where it's like oh this shortcut exists or this thing works on this enemy, that kind of stuff. With Bloodborne, it was very much like. Everything that I want a video game to have, Bloodborne has it. Mm-hmm. Plus, it also looks creepy and spooky, and yeah. there's a there's a weird uh, monster in it, which is something that I very yeah. much like. Oh yeah, and from a more personal angle, when it when it comes to Dark Souls One, it was very much the oh that was the first one I played. Yeah, like, yeah. A lot definitely. of this stuff is all these tricks are brand new. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I would like it as much as if I had played Demon Souls because Demon Souls. To me, is very cool. Like I didn't, I still haven't finished yes. Demon Souls. I played a little bit of it at your house. Yeah. Uh, I had a good time, but like, um, what was special to me about Demon Souls was that it would try very weird things. Like it was definitely yeah. like a we're not trying it's, to make this a franchise. We're just gonna do whatever we want. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the uh, the common like the the interview quote that people trot out uh-huh. all the time was that. Uh, Miyazaki took over the project and they had kind of already assumed that the that Demon Souls would be a failure. So he's <laughs> like, I'm just gonna put everything I want into this. And it's funny because how well of that, that yeah, because of that yeah. it's the weirdest and most creative one of the whole bunch, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny how that works. I feel like uh you get a lot of original ideas when people just assume something's going to be a failure. I mean, they, yeah. you got that sort of with Silent Hill 1 yeah. uh, as well, where it's like, we're, throw, we're throwing this game in the trash, it doesn't matter, <laughs> uh, do whatever you want with it. it. It'll come out. It'll come out and it yeah. will sell a few copies because people re- like Resident Evil. Um, but what was your experience like the first time playing through? How did you like this game? Or should we give it a little... I feel like everyone knows about this game. Do we even yeah. need to give it a summary? Well, uh, all right, let's do... We'll do a little intro. We'll say that this is a... Uh, an, a, a like an action game, mm-hmm. uh, very heavily based off the Souls games. Right. Uh, those kind of mechanics, but with a like steampunky, a kind of steampunky Victorian London setting, mm-hmm. werewolves and all the like. Yes. Uh, um, werewolves, they don't call them that, but but they are. Yes. Uh, vampires, they don't call them that, but they are. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
and all manner of like beasts and ghouls and yeah. like all kinds of things. Yeah, it was very apt to say Spirit Halloween. That's right, right. Uh, although, like, I must say, like, it takes v- things that you know we're in our culture are very used to not being scared of, like a, a yeah. big hairy guy with claws and gnashing teeth. It's like you're not fucking scared by him. Yeah. You're more scared by the like you know the garbage man that gives you a weird look than you are of that guy. But, but like. Yeah, they, they do a good job yeah. of making, like, a normal-ass spider something you're going to oh, yeah. be scared of. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Terrifying. Um, and uh, I believe the the interview quote that Miyazaki gave about... He's like, oh, there's a central emotion that I want you, that I want to be felt through every action in the game. Mm-hmm. And that is, like, not like terror, like you're scared, but, like, horrors and, oh, my God, I can't believe somebody's done this. <laughs> which is... Definitely yeah. something that I feel, and the whole like people transforming into beasts kind of thing is something that I had at least one moment in the game where I was like, where I loaded into a new area, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe they've fucking done this! Like, <laughs> like, oh, holy shit! Like, I I understand now what has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, um, but it's, it feels very special. The combat is very aggressive to fit with the whole beastly theme of it. Yeah. This is all stuff you can read in previews from 2014, but um, we're we're <laughs> yeah. still, we're rehashing it a little bit just to give a basis for like mm-hmm. everything else that happens. Yeah, and uh, since it's very much built out of the Souls mold, it is, uh, you know, dodge attack, counter attack is the mm-hmm. bread and butter. Uh, the twist that Bloodborne brings to it is uh, that when you take damage, you can uh, continue attacking to gain back some of that health for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. The, the rally the, mechanic. Yes. yes. Uh, very fun, and it adds a lot of uh, crazy, frenetic action to the whole whole thing. Makes it more, uh, less of a, depending on how you engage with the system, it makes it less methodical mm-hmm. and more frenzied. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which fits with the themes very well. Absolutely. Um, and this this is a game that does not, um, I kind of, I admire Demon Souls for branching out in all those weird directions, but this is a game that does not do that. It was It's very <laughs> focused, it knows what it is, and it like doubles down on it every time you load into a new area. Yeah. You're very... Uh, it's it's just so focused. It's so like iron ironclad premise. Like it's really really good. Yeah. Uh, down to the you know tri corner hats you have to wear. You can't <laughs> put on weird shit to make yourself look like a goofball. The the worst you can do is sort of mismatch yourself barely. But you can't you right. can't break the aesthetic of this game. Yeah. Until no matter- uh, yeah until uh, uh, kind of the hat drops. In which case. In a couple of places, you can make yourself look like a goofus, but it yeah, uh, but even it fits with the themes yeah. and it ends up being really cool and coherent. Even the two <laughs> most ridiculous hats I can think of in this game have extremely important themes. Like right. like they, yes. like there, you will run into other characters wearing that hat, and it doesn't make you go, "Wow, look at this idiot!" It yes. makes you go, "Oh, I know why he's wearing that yes. hat." Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, what what is your first playthrough? You just Ooh. do the standard stuff. Yeah. So. Um, so Nick said uh, earlier in the episode that uh, he, this was the reason he bought a PS4. Um, this was also the reason I bought a PS4, but uh, like uh, five years later or something. <laughs> uh, back in 2017, so uh, right, right. do that math. But uh, So I was a little bit late to it, and I never, um, I never had any PlayStation Online or anything. So my entire experience with Bloodborne has been uh, offline, which is the online features are a big part of most, if not all, the Soul game, Souls games, um, Sekiro, not notwithstanding. But, At launch and after the first patch, the online for this was a little weird because yeah. 
it's not as incentivized as it is in the other ones, mm-hmm. but I will say co-op in this is very, very fun. Yeah. Well, even stuff like reading messages mm. and that sort of thing mm. is something you miss out on. Or bloodstains, which are like a fun little way to see, oh, everybody died to this stupid swinging spike trap. Oh, man. Some of the <laughs> messages. Uh, the messages can be very helpful, like, um, you know, look, hidden item or something yeah. like that. Or try ranged is, attack. Or, try ranged yeah. attack. <laughs> or... Beware of ambush, which is a very, very important one yeah. in this game, especially. Yeah, um, yeah. So I didn't didn't have a lot of that, but I still really enjoyed the game. Um, I had a lot of the. I know a lot of pe- the people who played this at launch had some different experiences. I know specifically the uh, the load screens were a lot longer pre patch, and uh, there was a weird uh, memory leak bug that caused some of the bosses to glitch out. Mm. Uh, but now that I've been, you know, I played the game a while on, I didn't have any of those experiences. Um, I pretty much, my, my go-to on a lot of Souls stuff is uh, something something big and strong, but I kind of defaulted to, in Bloodborne, since there's a couple big fuck-off weapons, mm-hmm. but since everything has kind of a secondary moveset, you can usually have something that's big and strong, but also has a, a faster variant. You get both. Yes. Um, I somehow managed to pick the, the only bad one of those, but I will get into that in a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I, I ended up sticking with, um, I picked the, the Sock Cleaver first, because you get one of three starting weapons, and that's the one that's on the cover, so of course I went for it. It's um, also really, really cool. Yes. It looks like a straight razor with um, like a serrated edge, and it's like the size of a broadsword. It's yes. very, very cool. Um, and then, once I was able to get it, I went for um, Ludwig's Holy Blade, which mm. is one of my favorite weapons in this game. It is a uh, straight sword that turns into a great sword. Kind of less creative than a lot of the other weird, silly, uh, you know, crazy cool trick mm-hmm. weapons that are in there. But uh, really fun, really effective. You can oh, swing yeah. about 700 times with that small sword. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, I kind of went all the way through. It, I didn't actually play any of the DLC for a while. Mm. Um, it took me a while to um, to pick it up because it never seemed to drop in price ever. But... Uh, <laughs> I yeah. think I got it on sale. I think I got it the first time it was on sale, mm-hmm. which was like four months later or something, yeah. and then it never happened again for years. Yes. Um, yeah. So I played it through the. I played it through a couple times, and uh, it was kind of a slow. It was kind of a slow burn. I didn't like immediately love it as much as some of the other Souls games, but I think after I came back to it, gave it a couple more playthroughs, finally got to the DLC. Um, which is some of my favorite content in any of these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, wow, you know what? This this is up there. This is great. <laughs> Especially having tried out some of the weirder options. The um, the DLC contains a lot of weird weapons. It contains <clears throat> one of my favorite locations in any video game ever. Mm-hmm. Like, a, such a cool design. Um, there's just a lot of really interesting stuff here. And, uh, you know, it's all been gone over. But uh, we, like sort of avoided like a huge theme twist that yeah, happens let's, in the halfway I mean, point. Uh, yeah, who are we fucking kidding? Yeah, we're who are we, who are we kidding? This. We gotta drop this shit. So, yeah, if you somehow don't know this, um, we're going to spoil the uh, the second half twist of this video game. Right. And it's, it's really good. If you have mm-hmm. a way to play it, you should play Bloodborne. Yeah. And even even knowing this going in, is you're still going to yes. be wowed, I think. I can't show you a picture yes. through this co- podcast of the things that you have to look at, the yes. fucked up stuff that you got to look at. Yeah. So, you know, what am I going to do? Like, you're, mm-hmm. I can say what happens, but I'm, the, the thing that you conjure in your head is going to be different from what actually is. Yes. So, 
the, the main plot of this game starts off with you entering the town of Yarnum and somebody going like, oh, Yarnum is the place of blood healing. You know, blood is uh, the huge theme of this game yep. where, like, uh, that's how you heal. That's what people are coming here for. The the healing blood of Yarnum is said to cure all diseases. And from what you find out in the first couple hours, apparently it worked for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there are beasts all over the place, and the people are shut up inside their homes. They, they don't leave. They have incense, like, outside their doors so that the monsters can't get in. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple more normal people, but only people with, like, huge weapons or, or weird magic or whatever can survive out there yeah. on a night with the beasts. And an, uh, an incidental character mentions to you that they're not sure if the sun is going to rise. Yes. Which is kind of a little hint that, like, oh, there's some magic stuff going on here. Yeah. Well, of course there's magic stuff. But, like, that this is a bigger problem than it looks. The yes. night will not this, end if you wait it out. Yeah, this isn't a typical monster-filled night. This yeah. is the monster-filled night. This is the monster-filled night that will not end unless <laughs> somebody does something yes. about it, which is they hope it's you. So you're trying to, like, solve the mystery of what's going on. You're just trying to, like, kill some beasts and... and well, yeah, and... Um, so when you first when you first start the game, right. um, the first time you die, you get sent to your hub world, uh-huh. um, Hunter's and, Dream. Yes, uh, and um, the uh, one the first time you go, the one NPC who's there, um, Garman, uh-huh. uh, he basically just tells you, uh, "Oh, go go kill some bees." Yeah, he says, "That's all you have to do. Just go." And for later, it. you find out that he was the first one to ever go do it. And you're like, "Of course you would say that, you bastard!" <laughs> like, like, of course you would yeah. think that's the best way to solve this problem. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the exact quote, but I'm pretty sure he's like, "Don't think too hard about it. Go kill some bees." Which, and for the first half of the game, that's kind of what you're doing, right? And uh, in a way. Don't think too hard about it is real advice yeah. because of this game has a mechanic called insight where if mm. you see something super fucked up, usually a boss or some kind of extra creepy thing, yeah. you will gain a point of insight, which is sort of the concept of forbidden knowledge that shows up a lot in like cult stuff or, or yeah. horror fiction, like the knowledge that eats away at you. And um, certain things will do do more damage if you have too much insight. Mm. Certain things will appear or attack different if yeah. you have too much insight, which is a fun mechanic yeah. of this game. And this is kind of how the game tips its hand at the what ends up happening in the second right. half. Um, if you have a lot of this insight, and if like if you're coming back on a repeat playthrough and you really know to hoard this stuff, you can uh-huh. see a lot of really cool stuff before oh, yeah. the game really shows you what because what's going on. That's another thing. It's always there. Yeah. You just can't see it because you don't yes. have enough insight. When German when German tells you, don't think about it too much. He's saying, I want you to go out and kill for the sake of getting rid of these beasts. But he's also saying, if you think about it too much, you're going to end up like those idiots at the university. Yeah. You're going to end up being the kind of person who causes this problem instead of the kind per- kind of person who can solve it. Yes. Which is a very... I, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. It, it shows like the line has more meaning as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And before you get your first point of insight, you can't even level up. Yeah. Because there is a doll, a human-sized doll... Who is your uh, extra like companion character in the Hunter's Dream that levels you up? Yeah. You go to her and she helps you translate the currency of the game uh, into like level ups, so you get more strength, or dexterity, or mm-hmm. health, or whatever. Um, and she's just inanimate before you get one insight. Mm-hmm. And if you come back to the dream with zero insight, she's still inanimate. Yeah. But other, she has a voice, she talks, she has a personality, she's got like all kinds of different stuff. But she's not. Like, active if you're not, if <laughs> yeah. you don't have insight. Um, and then you get to the halfway point of the game. You jump uh, inside a large lake. Oh, such a cool Somehow thing. you can walk around on the bottom of. Very uh, cool, like, 
you know, why why should this work the way you think it does yes. kind of moment. Yeah, and you're presented kind of with just, um, when you get to the top of this um, this college of kind of forbidden knowledge, mm-hmm. you, uh, you're greeted by a guy who's kind of just a vegetable, and all he does is point at the lake. All he does is point at the lake and babble incoherently, yep. and I only knew to jump in the lake because of a friendly message that another player had left for me, <laughs> yeah. say, said, which said, like, leap of faith or something like that, yeah. which was very, thank you, anonymous uh, stranger. <laughs> I might I might have accidentally ruined it for myself by going to look up what I had to do yeah. if I had not uh, seen your message. Yeah. So you fight a weird spider cool. at the bottom of a lake, uh-huh. uh, and then... Uh, everything kind of breaks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the sky turns all these weird colors. The moon is huge and blood red. Yeah. Um, you see a, uh, a woman in a wedding dress with blood all over herself. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, then, and then... A lot of the game changes. Right. <laughs> when you come back to reality, uh, like, like I said, the sky is all fucked up. Um, there's something... Something shows up. I'm trying to remember uh, what the first indication you get of it because there's a character who will tell you oh the illusion is broken or something like that mm-hmm. yeah it's... when you um when you're done with that you appear um don't you appear right outside of your and when the doors yes. are open yes yeah. yes yes okay um oh uh, that's so cool that you don't have to go there yourself you can just like mm-hmm. it just like brings you right there like here's where the problem was yes um, um and there are huge creatures called amygdalas, mm-hmm. uh, like, like you know, the, that's where the game brings out its second influence, which is H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. And uh, it's a huge influence, and there mm-hmm. are all these creatures, like these crazy tentacle monsters, these weird beings from beyond the stars or beneath the sea or whatever, the old ones, the deep ones, these gods, uh, all the lore is about this. They, like, sort of had a trickle-down effect that eventually led to the beast scourge that you were fighting since the beginning of the game. Yes. And the reveal is so good and it gets better the farther in you go. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance to spoil it for yourself beforehand. Not really spoil it because you'll have, it'll be a surprise. Yes. But like, if you have enough insight, you can see an amygdala on the side of the church. You can mm-hmm. get killed by it without seeing it. Yes. But if you have enough insight, you can see it, which you would get by doing a lot of PvP or helping people mm-hmm. or, you know, fucking around in the Chalice Dungeons a lot, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure we will get to. Yes. But, um, uh, I loved this. It only made me fall in love with the game even more. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even find the, the... the In the woods, there's a secret area where... Mm-hmm. It's not super hidden, but it's off the beaten path where there are weird things that look like aliens. Yes. They're like waddling blue people with huge bulbous heads and tentacles that can do magic that you can't haven't seen anywhere else in the mm-hmm. game and drop items that don't make any sense. Yes. Um, you find out later that these are transformed humans, but like... If you stumble on those guys, and then you kill Rom, and then you find out there's all this Lovecraft shit, you're like, well, shit, maybe it is aliens. You don't know. (laughs) Like, it's... There's all this stuff, like, the the bottom has fallen out of this world. You have no idea what's going on Mm -hmm. now. Like, was Garman like... No, he wasn't. He was telling you the truth the whole time. (laughs) But, like, you don't know what to believe. It's really interesting. It's one of the more interesting uh, halfway point twists in in games, I think. Especially with regards to it, kind of changes changes how you play too, right. because every because every one of the bosses beyond this point is kind of uh, not as much of a beast, but more of a eldritch abomination right. or uh, the pile first of one corpses. after this is, is the one reborn, which is yes. like a, a pile of corpses that like 
like a blob of corpses that mm-hmm. like shoots spells at you and kicks at you with all its mangled legs and things <laughs> like that. Um, and like all the bosses are like that from now on, as Alex yeah. was saying. And yeah, so. you have to you have to adapt. Mm-hmm. And all the regular enemies change too. The regular enemies yeah. go from sort of humanoid things that are definitely fucked up, but attack at you with arms and legs that you can understand yeah. to piles of skeletons crammed into a coffin that animate by themselves and mm-hmm. burst out in weird ways. Like, they're hopping around in this coffin, and while that is very silly if you see it isolated, when it happens the first time, it's fucking terrifying! Yes. Um, yeah, so then uh, the second half of this game kind of unfolds and you eventually find yourself uh, inside a nightmare that a, a high-up scholar was having, mm-hmm. uh, and then you kill the scholar, and you're still in his nightmare. Right. Um, Which, but, yeah, and, then, well, and the nightmare realm is, is a whole other thing entirely. You can kind of... The theme of dreams and nightmares is very yes. important as the hunter's dream. That's where you go. Uh, people will call, if you die in the dream, you're waking up. Yes. And, like, that's that has to do with where a lot of this... Uh, stuff comes from they use dreams to commune with these uh, eldritch eldritch beings these elder gods Mm -hmm. and that's part of where the fun comes from yeah that's where uh the cause and cosm in our intro comes from Mm -hmm. and oh i love it it's so it's so halloween yeah and it released in march and i I will play this game at any month of the year but it's such a (laughs) i'm I'm playing it in october for my first time now doing it with the theming all around me and i'm like i can't believe i haven't done this before Mm -hmm. um do you have a favorite boss, Alex? Um, I think uh, we we haven't talked about the DLC too much, aside from right. the fact that uh, I, I didn't play it till later. But I really that was really where I started to fall in love with the game again. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, all of the DLC bosses are super cool and interesting. Um, but uh, the the final boss of the DLC, the Orphan of Cos, mm-hmm. is probably my favorite fight in the game, and it's just. A really neat kind of the whole DLC is kind of like a side story attached to the main main game, mm-hmm. uh, but it uh, it uh, adds a lot of lore to um, to Garmin and the hunters and uh, what exactly some of these old ones are and yeah, what they were what the hunters were doing before everything went to shit. Yes. like when things were going to shit, but they weren't there yet. <laughs> yes, and I think it provides kind of a stronger storyline than the main game in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. Um, because it's also it's more focused than the already kind of focused storyline, mm-hmm. but um, the Orphan of Cost is really neat as like even just like like the cutscene when you get to him is super cool. Um, he just kind of gets birthed out of an already dead, washed up old one. Super macabre, but I uh, love it. It's insanely cool. He like cries and then he just throws his uh, throws his sack at you. Placenta <laughs> yeah. scythe. Yep. <laughs> Gross thing to even say. Right? Yeah. You should see it in action. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a super tough fight. It's like it's the hardest one in the game for sure. Oh, um, easily. But it's really satisfying, and he's got he's got a ton of moves. Um, I also really like Lady Maria. I think the, that's the fight right kind of before that. Right. Um, a different type of fight, but that was that's kind of the best of the like hunter fights. Mm-hmm. I think. Depending on the ending, uh, it's similar to the final boss, who yeah. is of course Garman, who yes. who uh, depending on whether you choose to accept waking up from this dream or not yeah. will fo- try to forcibly wake you up by killing you. Yes. You see, you can kind of... Uh, the, the weird cool thing about the ending of this game is you can choose if you want... Uh, w- I mean, without looking this up or knowing, you wouldn't know this, but you can choose if you want 
no final boss, one final boss, or two final bosses. <laughs> I picked two. <laughs> uh, I actually haven't been able to not pick two ever since because yeah. I really like the way that ends. But this yeah. time, I think I'm playing it again now. I think I'm gonna go. I might go no final bosses. I've never done it before. Yeah, the awakening um, ending is like kind of neat. Yeah, but I do like fighting Gareman. Yeah, I like fighting him too. So I can I give know. or take the moon presence. It's yeah, kind of a exactly. shitty fight. The moon presence is not a great boss, but it has a great opening cutscene. Yes. Um, um, that's one of the things you've talked about the the story of the DLC being more focused than the other one and a little better. I don't think if you ask the majority of the players who play this game, if you ask them why they had to kill the final boss, well, the final boss before Garman, if they if you ask them why they had to do it, they wouldn't be able to give you an answer. Yeah, and that's because this game's lore is esoteric, like a lot of the uh, soul stuff, but mm-hmm. also because uh, it's it marches you forward so well without. Like, right. a lot of the NPCs don't know everything. They can't mm-hmm. tell you, like, why this stuff is happening. There's no one like, ah, yes, here, time to tell you the story of how all this went down. Yeah. Like, they can give you some and information. You can, and there are a couple NPCs, like like Alfred, who you can kind of mine for some uh-huh. of that information if you want. Yeah, he'll tell like, you about the yeah, church, he'll yeah. tell you about the Vilebloods, he'll tell you about a lot of stuff. He knows but a lot he, about Canehurst for some sure reason. He sure does. <laughs> he wonder if he would want to go there. Uh, he needs, like, an invitation or something. But, um... Uh, there are some characters, yeah, that you can talk to about this kind of stuff, but, but most of it you got to figure out on Nobody your own. has the full picture, even right. you. <laughs> yeah, especially not you. Yes. Uh, the item descriptions help you out a little bit, but, you know, that's not all the... That's not everything. Unless you go and pick up every item in the game, and you talk to every NPC, and you kill every enemy, like, yeah. you're not going to be able to know everything. Yeah. And even if you do do all that stuff, you're not... You might not have the whole picture. Yeah. Like, uh, like a lot of soul stuff, I think, the, the, the story is a collaborative effort. It, mm-hmm. it was... It was kind of meant to be uh, the community coming together to, you know, theorize and do cool stuff. And that's another thing that, like, comes back to, like, the the fun of this game and, like, what makes it so cool is that's like you're looking for this eldritch knowledge. Like, it was buried away and you (laughs) have to find it. It works with the themes almost too well. Right. (laughs) Oh, my God. Especially... Kind of feeding back into that, um, one of the things I like about the story in this game is that um, because it's not in your face at all, you can totally choose just to not engage with it if you right. don't want you, to. Right. Uh, you could play this game and be like, yeah, I like the cool whip sword. I leveled it up a lot. Yeah, cool uh, bosses. It cool was boss, fun. <laughs> cool bosses. Yeah, it was pretty good. It kind of reminded me of Castlevania in 3D. It's like, okay, great, but, you know... <laughs> You, yeah. you didn't engage with, like, the uh, Eldritch plot of Beyond the yeah. Stars and the There's themes of, of losing children yeah. and, like, and all this other stuff. And they're like, no, I don't care. That, yeah. That's fine. There's a lot you of people You can get out of the game. But you don't, have, you don't have to sit through cutscenes or, you know, worry about any of that exposition if you don't want to. You can just be like, I want to play a game where you have a sword and a gun. And the sword is more important than the gun. And, like, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um... By the way, we haven't mentioned it, but the, the the there's no shield. There's one shield in this game that explicitly discourages you from using it. Yeah. Uh, they want you to be aggressive, so they give you a gun instead. And when your enemies when enemies are about to attack you, you shoot them with a the gun, yes. and they get down on one knee, and you can propose to them by ripping their guts out. Yes. So, uh, it's it's very special, yeah. very bloody. It's a fun mechanic. I always find myself using the parry earlier in the game, but then kind of right. either forgetting to use it or not bothering with it well, that, later on. To me, that comes with the territory of they stop having regular arms and legs. Yeah. Like, when true. the enemies stop having regular arms and legs that tell their attacks so yeah. easily, you get... I At least I get the idea that I'm like, I don't know when this attack starts. I know when mm-hmm. it like when it's going to hit me, yeah. but I don't know exactly what the time to shoot him is. 
because he's a weird appendage. Like I, I don't know what the animation of that yeah. is. Well, and I think as the as the parry system kind of does fall away a little bit, I mm-hmm. think that it does give rise to um, enemies with like stagger points and weaknesses. Right. And that's kind of what they do to replace that on bosses. I, mm-hmm. I, at least how I, that's how what I feel. But. Right. Like you can't fucking parry Mergo's wet nurse, who is like a <laughs> a shroud of blades. Like yes. yeah, it has arms, but does it have a body? Like it's not going to get down on one knee if you parry it. Yeah. It kind of looks like a a blanket full of scythes, <laughs> with an invisible something inside. Right. <laughs> oh. You know, the first time I killed that boss, I thought the game had bugged out. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which I imagine a lot of people do. Yeah. A very fun little touch uh, mm-hmm. at the end there. Mm-hmm. So you don't. Uh, well, so when you beat Marigo's Wet Nurse, um, you just kind of stand around because at this point in the game, you're pretty much at the end. You're used to a big um, uh, explosion pre- of prey defeated. Boom! You get a yeah. bunch of souls. Here's your here's your endorphins. You did it. Mm-hmm. Um, for this one specifically, it's at the end of this long nightmare that you've trudged through. Um, and uh, in the opening in the cut, opening cutscene for this boss fight, you hear a crying baby, mm-hmm. and for the rest of the fight, you hear a crying baby. Mm-hmm. Um, intermittently uh so when the boss is defeated uh the baby starts crying again and it's not until the baby stops crying that you get the big nightmare slain mm-hmm. pop up and then you get all your souls and uh, right <laughs> it's which, very cool you but, know if you're not engaging with the story which again is totally fine you're gonna get plenty out of the game if you don't mm-hmm. um that's just like a wow weird moment i wonder if my game bugged out but if you like later when you look into it you're like oh shit what like <laughs> I just killed an invisible baby? Oh, an infant great one? Yeah. Uh, the child of Odeon? Oh, yeah. that's kind of a fan theory, yeah. but... <laughs> um, no, it's gotta be, right? Like, well, I don't... Yeah. He's specifically... Formless. Yeah, he's yeah. listed as formless, yeah. and we're not gonna... This isn't the Bloodborne lore cast. Yes. We're not gonna <laughs> debate whether it's cause or cause and because it's cause. Yeah. And we're not going to, like, dig into, like, old stuff like this, like, what is the dream or how is it made or... Yeah. Is there the blood are, the blood of a great one, or is the blood just special? There and are much more qualified people to do that, and it's it's fun to theorize, but it's not doesn't matter. Yeah. In the end, it doesn't matter. What matters is kind of your interpretation of it, which yeah. is a very um, I mean, like I I'm sure I've gotten into it on this podcast before about my whole death of the author uh, things with it, yeah. but I think the, Miyazaki would agree there because he's all about like I want I'm going to put this out into the community and I want to know yeah. what they think of it. Yeah. I oh I when I'm right making this, I have eighty percent of this story in my mind. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> you if you guys come up with the other twenty percent, that's great. Yeah. Or if you never do, then you have eighty percent of a really cool story. Yeah. Which is Perfect. I love Yeah. <laughs> I would love having eighty percent of a really cool story. Yeah. Um um, so, Nick, we touched on some of my favorite stuff in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your favorite bosses and weapons? Oh, man. Uh, let me start with weapons, because my first time through, I I love swinging around the big heavy stuff. I fo- hyper-focused in on the Kirkhammer. And if you are about to play this game for the first time, listeners... Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> um, it is a bad weapon. Yes. As cool as it is. I still love its design and its moveset and everything, but it is not well-suited to deal with a lot of the enemies yes. in this game. The there overheads... Are of, there are a lot of cool, big fuck-off weapons in this game. Yes. But most of the rest of them are better than that one. Right. <laughs> I'd say all of them are. Yes. I, I might put... I think I'd put the Kirkhammer as the worst weapon in the yep. game. But there aren't a ton of weapons in the game, so it's easy yeah. to, like focus in on one thing and be like this is the only thing I'm using mm-hmm. and there aren't even a, a shitload of upgrade materials yeah either. they don't dole them out very generously you kind of have to know what, know you what you're investing in right um, until the end game and until you get some other stuff and the DLC helps a little bit right but um, and so yeah. I kind of like multi-spec'd into the wheel because I'm like I need something mm-hmm. else I can't kill yeah. things with this hammer the wheel is a lot of fun that's well, probably my second favorite so weapon. good 
uh, you know, based on an actual medieval torture device that I, which is lovely information, yeah. of course. But nobody ever picked it up to swing it around. That's not how they used it. So it's a still it's, a very it's cool. It's not sharp. It's yeah, a wheel. It's a wheel. <laughs> so you're crushing people with this wheel. You're breaking their bones with this wheel. Yes. And if you transform it, a, wep- a mechanic that's with all the weapons in this game, the main weapons, you transform it to bring out like a second form where it's true potential or whatever. It just like opens up like an Oreo and uh, like There's screaming some, skulls yeah, come out of insane it. Insane arcane shit. <laughs> Love that. It. Love yeah. that so much. Um, but that those are those were my favorite weapons. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the pizza cutter in the yeah. DLC. I don't know what that thing's actually called. The uh, Whirligig Saw. Oh, right. A also much, a stupid uh, name. <laughs> well, right, right, yes. right. Uh, it looks like a pizza cutter. It looks like a serrated pizza cutter yeah. uh, that's the size of a human body. And you swing it around and, like, rev it up. It's really yeah, fun. Yeah, it's got, like, oh. a motor on oh, it. Oh, yeah. So you can kind of just hold it out while spinning it, which right. is really cool and fun. All the weapons in this game are cool. They're, you're not wrong for picking any weapon except for the Kirk Hammer. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I support all of that. Like, all, there's, there's, are, there are tons of fun ways to play this game. Now, in terms of bosses, um, I, mean, I love the monster design in this game, so I got to pick a monster. I got to pick mm-hmm. a weird monster. And I think my favorite one of those weird monsters is Abritus. Yeah. Uh, Abritus, daughter of the cosmos, who is a, quote, left behind great one. And you find her in a place that you're not really expecting to find a weird well, yeah, great and beast. It, it, well, it's also a secret area inside a secret area. Right. This is, like, probably the most missable thing mm-hmm. in the main game. Um, for sure. I thought... Okay, when I was at that point in the game, I didn't know where to go. Yeah. So when I found this, I'm like, okay, I, this feels like a side area, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. it is the mm-hmm. main thing. Um, yeah, so this is this is the upper area of an early area that you need a key from a late game area to right. access. And it's behind the boss of that area. Right. And in order to get to that, you have to break a window, which is the only time in the game where you interact with a breakable object to progress. Right, and it's slightly... It's different to let you know that you can break it, Yeah. which is why, again, the only reason I attacked it. After searching (laughs) the whole game for invisible walls, because I thought, like the previous game, that this was going to have some fucking invisible walls. And then it doesn't, but it does, which is another very fun thing where it's like, the whole game, the game's like, what are you, stupid? There aren't any invisible walls in this game. Then you dive into the chalice dungeons, it's like, of course there are invisible walls in this game. What are you, stupid? (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, so so Abritus is an insanely hidden boss that is super cool, mm -hmm. because all the Souls games do kind of hidden content. Right. But I think it's insane to hide... Hide your light under this many bushels. And this is such a cool boss to hide, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. Like, this is something where it's like, sometimes when you hide something, it's like a weird, like, alternate version of a previous boss, or it's like, uh, you know, just a, a weird guy yeah, or this whatever. This is the secret challenge thing, but, uh-huh. like, this is hidden from a, a lore perspective. Yeah. There's They have every reason to make this a secret thing. Uh-huh. Uh, the the common cool. man should never discover this. Yeah. This is the, the church's uh, biggest, closest, secret. Yeah, biggest yeah. closest kept secret. And it's kind of hinted, like, when you meet people who are uh, the, the kind of people who would be guarding this boss, they are, they're they're blindfolded, they have, like, the secret police hunter <laughs> uniform on. Yeah. Uh, they, like, if you pick, if you put that stuff on, it's like, the, the choir uh, kept everything close to their vest, that not even most members of the church knew about what they mm-hmm. were doing, and it's like, well, what were they doing? And they were holding onto a great one. And she is so fucked up to look yeah. at. Oh my god, she's got this weird kind of like Cthulhu-esque, but even open wound head. Yeah. Like, ooh, yeah, like kind of like a bisected head yeah. with like weird fleshy teeth in there. Uh huh. 
Uh, and it, it means that sometimes you're not exactly sure how she's attacking you, but you know she's doing it. Yeah. Like, it's just like there's Ooh, so much moving attack. at once. Yeah, <laughs> I've got like a really fast lunge. Um, <laughs> but she's not super hard. Like, she's, yeah. she's really not. But she's it's a cool encounter. It's really my, special. My favorite strategy for fighting a Breedis, you can kind of, she's got like a, like two kind of tail things uh-huh. that she kind of props herself up on. Um, if you wedge yourself behind her between those two, uh, she'll try to turn to attack you. Um, but since there's kind of a hitbox there, you'll get nudged around so you continue to follow behind her as she's trying to turn to face oh, wow. you. And you can pretty much just cheese her by wailing on her backside. I'll have to, I'll have to try that this time. But Abritus <laughs> was one of my favorite yeah. little discoveries. And of course, I did not find everything in this game on my own. But uh, I would never have gotten the true ending without looking up a guide because I would not have found yes. the real-world version of The Hunter's Dream. Another insanely cool hidden detail. Yes, so cool. And I know that there are people who must have stumbled on that by accident, and I am so jealous of them, because that (laughs) would have been the most incredible thing to discover. Yeah. It's just um, it's just kind of a, a door hidden in hidden in a like area you have to drop down to, mm-hmm. very nondescript, but then it opens up into, oh holy shit, this place I go to every time I want to level up is a real place. Right. <laughs> oh, and the game is full of stuff like that. Full of like hidden knowledge that you you know, like that you discover like you're uncovering hidden eldritch knowledge, and that's mm-hmm. part of what makes it so special. Another one of my favorite moments that can happen very early in the game is there's one enemy that is very unique to that area that's in a dark corner near a really common exit yeah. to a huge area that you need to go to a ton of times. This enemy is very tough for that for that section. So it is not unlikely that you will be killed the first time you fight them. Yeah. This enemy is like a weird, emaciated, pale person with a sack yeah, and giant like hands a, bl- and a big black robe, very large arms, and a sack a that he swings, sack. Or, he swings around yes. and hits you with. Um, and if this enemy kills you, you don't reload in the same way. It starts playing a cutscene, mm-hmm. and it's a cutscene of you being carried somewhere in that sack. Yes, and, and you, you wake up in jail. Right. <laughs> oh my god, what a cool reveal. Yeah. I didn't even like get out the door before I got killed by that dude. Like I didn't explore the area beyond it. Yeah. I like walked outside, saw that dude around the corner, and I'm like, ah, you thought you were going to ambush me, huh? I went to attack him, mm. died instantly, well, yeah. and, he, and got yeah, put he does in the like twice the damage of all the other enemies in that area. So right. you get, from where you are in the game, you'll usually get one or two shot by him. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, instead of being like, oh shit, alright, I gotta find my way back, I gotta try again, you're just in a brand new area, which is kind of a teaser, because you go through that area proper mm-hmm. later, after, right. the, after the big twist. Mm-hmm. And that's the one of the places that gets really recontextualized by the, oh, yes, after the absolutely. run fight. They switch out all the enemies. The uh, lamp that you used previously is different. It's, it's broken. broken. Oh, man. Um, and you get to see the whole area for what it really is, which is right. awesome. With this weird, horrible nightmare land. <laughs> that's really more of a university town. Yeah. But um, uh, filled with these uh, horrible corpse creatures and beasts that are unlike anything else that you've seen so far, mm-hmm. and unlike anything else that you will see for another ten hours or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's maybe my favorite area in the game. Well, yeah, I, that's something we didn't get to. Do we want to talk favorite areas? Yeah, let's talk favorite got, areas and then we'll give it, our, our, give it our ratings and wrap it up. Alright. Do you got a runner-up? Or is Yahargul um, number one? Yahargul... I see, I think Yahargul is number one for me. Okay. Because, uh... You get to it in an interesting way. It has cool enemies. It's the, the plays the meanest trick I think in the game on you, which is the 
uh, the little horrible witch runs one way when you're about to come oh, out yes. of the hallway. And if you turn to try and kill her before she can ambush you, there's another one on the other side of the doorway <laughs> who tries to scoop out your eyeballs. Yep. And um, it's very effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really digs into the horror aspect of Bloodborne, which uh, the game does all the time, but it's just a great way of doing that. There's a lot of fun nooks and crannies. Oh, uh, yeah. I... I mean, I already said it, but I love how much it changes. It's mm-hmm. so cool to revisit an area you've just been to, mm-hmm. realize there is uh, another. There, it's twice as big. There's uh-huh. uh, twice as much there. There's all new enemies, and it's completely different. <laughs> and there's it, the, for the first time in the game, I think there's enemies that you can't deal with by killing because there's the amygdalas that shoot lasers at you from the top, mm-hmm. which is like I have to run. I can't do anything but run. If I yes. do anything but run, I will be killed, which yeah. is a very like kind of panic-inducing thing. Mm-hmm. It could be. A set piece, but because they don't change the the way the controls are, like you see the explosions happen once, and you're like, "Holy shit, I gotta get out of here!" <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, "Oh, I gotta run through that." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I gotta get out of here through that to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So I think Yahar Ghoul is my favorite. Uh, secondary is the nightmare. I mean, but the nightmare is so huge; it's hard to say. It's just like, "Oh yeah, I like the nightmare." Yeah. When but you go- specifically the uh, nightmare of Mensis at, Night- at the end, or the nightmare of Mensis, okay. I have to say, yes. the nightmare frontier sucks. That's the, the nightmare frontier area. does suck. Um, <laughs> um, Amygdala is a really cool boss, but that area sucks. Right. Uh, um, and the way you yeah. reach is again very cool. But yes. um, uh, we one character that we haven't talked about, but we he has been kind of in the background of everything we've been saying is a character called Mikolash. Yeah. Uh, who wears a weird cage on his head. Uh, he's part of the reason that the problems are so bad because yeah. he got a little too curious yeah. and conducted a ritual that go- killed everyone in the student body. Yeah, and you're uh, going inside his nightmare. Right. Uh, but then when you fight him and the nightmare's not over. Right. Uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm waking up. And you've seen what he looks like in the waking world. He's a corpse. Yes. So that's another like fun yeah. thing. Um, I like all the areas in the DLC. Uh, especially the uh, the the fishing hamlet, which is a very shadow uh, shadow over Innsmouth thing. Yeah, that might that might be my number one. It's really good. Um, I think with it's... special like weird fish enemies. Yeah. I, oh yeah. It doesn't have like as strong of a. It might have been because of the way I played it, but it felt too much like a like an area just meant to to beat the shit out of you in terms of difficulty. That's maybe <laughs> why I didn't mm-hmm. uh, connect with it as much. Yeah. And it's a little. Um, I, this is an unfair criticism to lobby against Bloodborne, but I've seen that kind of thing in games before, that kind of environment, oh, the, like, yeah. rainy fishing town with yeah. weird fish enemies, and, like, um, it didn't strike me as much as the other stuff did. Not that yes. that isn't a cool area, and I, Orphan of Cause is easily one of the coolest yes. and best fights in any game I've ever played. I think, um, well, now that we're getting into it, yeah. that, that might be my number one. I, it's between that and the um, and the, the clinic, the area beforehand. Right. Um, the, oh, the clinic is so cool. Yeah, I and don't remember that's the, the first... pro- proper noun name for that, but uh, whatever. The uh, Astral Clock Tower, right? Yeah, well, yeah, leading up to the Clock Tower. And that kind of, it kind of feeds into uh, why I like the Fishing Hamlet a lot. Um, because they do one of the coolest bits of like insane dream logic mm-hmm. uh, with how you get any to door that can end. lead to any place yes. in a dream. Um, so your whole the whole time you're going through the DLC, you start out in a uh, kind of an alternate reality version of the cathedral ward, mm-hmm. uh, and you kind of progress into a, a into kind of a castle looking thing. You fight um, a Ludwig, very cool boss, um, and then you make it up. You go up an elevator, then you're in this clinic, and you continue to go up. Uh, you kind of change the stuff, and then you're in the top of this clock tower. Um, you fight Lady Moran, another very cool boss. Um, and then she drops this weird little pendant. You hold up the pendant, uh, it, the clock turns, opens a secret door, and you're walking out into a 
seaside village mm-hmm. at the top of this clock tower. And, and this this was teased earlier, but you didn't know it was being teased. There's yes. enemies in the the clock tower uh, that are that talk about. I, I hear, can hear dripping. Yeah, they or, all talk about the water. They'll talk about the water. They'll talk about the sea. And uh, early on in the Nightmare Frontier, something falls out of the sky that you will yep. recognize as a fish enemy from later. Yes. But you're like, how did it fall out of the sky? There's nothing up there. And mm-hmm. there is something above you, but you can't see yes. it. It's this entire fishing hamlet. It's really cool. Um, yeah, and I like... I, I All the enemies are really fun. I mm-hmm. The kind of weird mutations on the fish people, the lightning attacks. Oh, the, yeah. The big fuck-off whale guys that what swing are they, anchors around. What are they weak to, out of curiosity? Do they have a weakness? Because, I mean, they use lightning attacks, so I wouldn't think lightning would work on I them. Know. Do they count as kin, or do they count as beasts? I'm not sure. Huh. I'm um, curious about this. Yeah, but uh, it's that's a really fun area. I like it's uh, interconnected in a really fun way. You kind of... The, um, the second main lamp there, you kind of loop back to twice um, at, at several points, and right. it becomes kind of your main hub. Um, and you, you you really get used to that elevator if you're fighting Orphan Akas. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, he's, he's definitely a tough one. Yeah. Just to shout out one more area in the main game, I really like the Upper Cathedral Ward. I think that's oh, a, it's so cool. it's a fun area. We kind of talked about it. It's a hidden area behind a hidden area, essentially. Uh, but um, it's the contains second. my least favorite enemy in the game with a design that I really like, uh, the Brain Sucker, yeah. who I have not stopped bitching about since the year 2015, mm-hmm. uh, an enemy that consumes insight when it grabs you, yes. and its grab range is way and bigger their, than it looks. Their attacks are only grabs. Yes. Uh, it's one, one grab when you're close to them, and then they have a ranged attack that restrains you so that they can walk up and grab you. Right. It's very, well, this very is a fighting annoying. Game, I would love this shit. However... <laughs> This is not a fighting game. This is Bloodborne, and I expect to be able to yeah. fight and kill my enemies on regular terms. And they suck out one of your very limited uh, insights. Right. Uh, that you can't get back when you beat them. It's just yeah, gone. Yeah, it's just gone. <laughs> oh, uh, I hope you're, hope you're doing co-op or something, because uh, you're not going to get that shit back any other way. Yeah. Um, but this is one of Alex and I's favorite games, and it's a perfect play for a Halloween season or any season. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, I think we got to give this some ratings. Yes, that's true. Let's uh, pumpkins, this is a four <laughs> pumpkin. If it's it's like only missing like uh, a calendar that says October 31st on somebody's wall <laughs> and like a, a jack-o'-lantern. Like that's the only thing that's missing from this, making this a straight up Halloween game. Yes. It is everything about Halloween. Like, you don't really necessarily think of Victorian London as a spooky setting, like, but it is. It's got the gothic architecture. <laughs> it's got, like, the, the angled buildings and the and the weird, like, uh, impersonal design. Yeah. It is, it is a pumpkin and a skeleton away from Spirit Halloween. Right, exactly. Every, everything, it's got ghouls, goblins, witches, vampires, werewolves, like, everything. It's got fucking everything. <laughs> Skeletons so... and top hats that are already dead but talk to you. Oh, my <laughs> All kinds God. of great stuff. It's so good. The, the, your neighbor's Halloween decoration that doesn't stop making noise is in this game <laughs> yeah. and it can kill you. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to give this um, four pumpkins, but the fifth pumpkin uh, has its guts on the outside and eyes on the inside. Oh, baby. <laughs> Uh, with that in mind, uh, we're going to give this screams. Now, I was never scared to move forward in this game, but this did this game did scare me a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple like kind of jump scares in this. Oh game. yeah, especially like the old Yarnum section. There's like a one werewolf that just pops out of a cl- completely closed normal door. That right, <laughs> there's oh. a lot of f- weird fun stuff like that. Um, 
werewolves that come down off the chandeliers uh-huh. and uh, the upper cathedral ward. Some some stuff that'll spook you, especially when it's a big fuck off enemy that's coming out there. And this game does give you a torch, but. Uh, because you have to put it in one of your hands that you would have a weapon in, yeah. I never used it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't need to... I can sort of see what's going on. So, like, the vague sort of, like, oh, I hear footsteps or, or I hear mm-hmm. snarling. Is there an enemy in this room with me or not? You move, spin the camera around, you can't see anything, you take a couple steps, where werewolf falls off the chandelier <laughs> and starts attacking you. That is scary, yeah. especially when you're, like, low on resources and stuff. It's scary in a way that the Resident Evil games can be when you have to deal mm-hmm. with that resource management in a way that I kind of don't like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that it's good. I'm going to give this three screams. This is a this is a three scream thing for me. Yeah, this is, let's say, um, I'm going to give this uh, three uh, Ludwig the Accursed Rees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's some great screams in this yeah. game. Oh, right at the beginning when you climb up the ladder and you don't know what it is at the time, but you hear the cleric be screaming. Yeah. Oh my god, it's such this horrible howl. Cool. It's yeah. so good. Well, all, the, all the sound design is really good, especially mm-hmm. on some of the boss enemies. You get right. to hear them fucking writhe and shout and it's great. Gurgle and yeah. make the, all these horrible pained noises. <laughs> we talked about that on our day of our on our day of the dead episode, the horrible noises that something some things can mm-hmm. make when they're dying or whatever, but oh boy. Um and then I think uh, we're getting into blood. Now this is this is the bloodiest thing we could possibly <laughs> talk about. This is the bloodborne. This is the bloodborne. Like short of like talking about actual uh, Mortal Kombat ten or eleven, where you see someone's entrails spill out. This is as bloody as you get. There's mm-hmm. so much blood. The game's about it. There's the game's about it. There's so much gore. It shows you like weird. It's not like particularly about the anatomy of the gore, but there is a lot of it. Things yeah. explode into blood that gets all over your clothes. Yeah. Uh, when you are doing a visceral attack after parrying an enemy, you reach your hand inside them and pull their guts out. You can't see the guts, but it's like it's mm-hmm. implied and it's there. And there are enemies with like open dripping wounds. There's like and pus and, and pus. All sorts of great and stuff. You see the decapitated head of one of the bosses that you fight, <laughs> uh, and it looks all fucked up. There's teeth on weird things. I yeah. hate that. Hate the yeah. teeth. All hate those teeth on weird things. Monster design is awesome. And right. It's full of blood. Uh, you know, baby being born from a corpse. Uh, this is, this is um, a, a dream lake full of blood. I'd say. Mm. I think I'm gonna give this um, twenty blood blood vials. But if you have the rune, you could probably get five more out of that. That's good. That I, I that's that seems about right. Um, and then bats. Now, um, <clears throat> I'm gonna give this a fuck a uh, couple fucked up bats that looked at you. Are like, there bats this is, in this game? No. Uh, not that I can think of, and it's so it might be the only Halloween related thing that it doesn't have. But it has crows, crow, which are the place, yeah. the replacement. Yeah, that, those true. are very effective, and it has things with bat wings. It has those weird gargoyle things in Canehurst that have that's bat true. wings. That's true. Oh fuck, those are fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they act like regular gargoyles. They're like you're like, oh, that's a fucked up statue, and then it gets up. Oh, another great <laughs> creepy moment. Um, yeah, we love this. This is yeah. a perfect uh, play at yeah, Halloween or really amazing. any time of the year. Uh, it is absolutely criminal that this is a PS4 exclusive. It is. It yeah, 100% it's, is. Yeah, it's never going to be anywhere else. But it, it, Sony helped develop it so that it's never going to be anywhere else. That's true. Um, I would support uh, Crack if one ever came out because I don't think that media should ever be limited in this way. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. should be able to play video games on whatever you have to play video mm-hmm. games and not like this pro- proprietary bullshit. Yeah, the, this game and Demon Souls are two masterpieces that are just gonna kind of be stuck where they're at until yeah. emulation gets good enough it's almost uh, there for ps3 yeah but i mean one one nice yeah. thing ps4s are not 
too expensive anymore. Yep. They're getting kind of cheap while they're gearing up for the next generation. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe you're listening to this a couple years from now, and you can get a PS4 for 50 bucks down the street. Yeah, go for but it. But, like, yeah, go for it. It probably comes with Bloodborne. Yeah, I don't know. And who knows? They, I mean, since PlayStation has a huge stake in this game, they might port it to the PlayStation 5. Yeah, maybe. Or there's that rumor... there won't be any games on it, I'm right. sure. Right. Oh, not for the first year and a half, <laughs> at least. But um, there's a rumor that the PS5 will support backwards compatibility for everything. There for we go. every PS, uh, PlayStation thing. So, and this game is already $20 anywhere you look. So. Right. Anywhere you look, digitally, uh, <laughs> any GameStop or whatever. Uh, if you're picking up a PS4, it probably comes with a copy of this game because it is very <laughs> yeah. good. And, and they if were it trying doesn't, to sell it should. The... Yes, exactly. I <laughs> um, uh, could not possibly recommend this enough. It does a yeah. couple annoying things, but nothing so annoying that I'm willing to stop playing it for even one goddamn second. Oh, yes. I'm going to play it, more of it, it, it after ha- we it has, finish recording this. It has problems, this. but this would have to be like a two-hour episode if I even wanted to start getting into some of that stuff. <laughs> oh my I God, already yes. miss, I miss things I like. We didn't talk about half the stuff I love in this game. Mm-hmm. We kind of fainted. We, we fainted at Kane Hurst and Alfred a little bit. Yes. But his whole quest line is one of my favorite things about the base game. Mm-hmm. It's super cool I talked cool about the wheel, but I didn't mention how you get it. Yeah. I, I talked about the... I didn't, I didn't even oh. talk about the, the fucking... Um, uh, the, what's, the, what's the name? The Blast Hunters. Uh, the, oh, yeah. The... Um, oh, God. The... Jura is one of them. And yeah. I'm trying to... The Powder of, Keg Hunters. Powder Keg. Yes, that's yeah. it. The weapon ain't got kick. It just ain't worth it. And it's just these like... <laughs> This like insane subset of hunters that just design things meant to explode, yeah. and so they all you find their weapons around, and they all explode the, in some way. The stake driver, the boom hammer, the cannon—it's all so fun. It used to be so good. I'm so mad they patched it to be less good. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is an incredible game. Obviously, I mean, we've been gushing about it uh-huh. for an hour now. This game is so good. Um, and if you've liked this, and this is the only terror episode that you've listened to, go check out our other terror episodes. Uh, this isn't a specifically Halloween thing, it's it, but it's very Halloween-themed, as we said. We've got other episodes out there. We've got episodes on comics, on movies, on weird CGR cartoon specials, <laughs> uh, on internet videos. Check out our episodes. I think you're going to love them. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, you, if you like Bloodborne, chances are we've talked about it on, like, five other episodes. Right. <laughs> I didn't even get into the Lovecraft uh, influence oh. on this. There's too much. There's too much to talk about with this game, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it will come up on uh, bleed into other episodes later because yeah. there's no way we can Alex and I can avoid That's it. That's true. So, happy Halloween, everyone. Mm-hmm. Hope you've enjoyed this terror episode. Go out and listen to our other ones. Um, have a wonderful Halloween. Uh, and if you're and listening to this after Halloween, uh, start planning for your next one. <laughs> Fear the old blood. <laughs> uh, some say.